There's a battle raging in Canada between the government, which wants newspapers, radio, TV, and other news organizations to be reimbursed when their content appears on search engines or in social media, and Google and Facebook, who would rather block those sites than cough up hundreds of millions of dollars. The fallout has been ugly. Facebook yanked all news links, causing visits to Canadian news sites to plummet. The worst may come in the week before Christmas, which marks a big showdown with Google. Will all of this happen in the States? In this episode, we talk to Jeff LG, CEO of Village Media, and tell you whether we think this will be devastating or actually a good thing for news media. Welcome to the Local Marketing Trends Podcast, bringing you unique insights from two of the industry's brightest analysts and forecasters, Corey Elliott and Gordon Burrell. Today's podcast is sponsored by Rate Optics, the only AI tool for broadcasters that uses data science to make better pricing decisions. And by Seppo, your go-to outsourcing business partner. So, without further ado, here are your hosts, Gordon and Corey. Good day, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Corey Elliott, and that man over there on the other end of the mic is Gordon Burrell. Hello, everybody. Hello, Corey. Hello, Gordon. How are you? I'm doing great. So what have you been up to lately? you got a lot of oh, stuff going on again. Yeah, we've, uh, we're closing up our fall survey, our local advertiser survey, coming along nicely. So that's good. We're going to have the results. And we're going to find out in this one about the effectiveness of each type of media. We haven't asked that question in a while. Yeah, right? in, a, in a while, just, just to say, you know, just to see. And we're asking both agencies and local advertisers what they think. I have a prediction. What's that? Might be wrong. Facebook is going to show up again as number one in terms of those using it, the greatest percentage saying it's very too extremely effective. TV might be number two. And I think OTT might be down farther down on the list than most people think. Ah, see, you've been paying attention to the other things we've been putting out there. What's that? Well, good for you. So we recently did a, uh, a survey of our SMB panel. So a, f- couple, a few hundred uh, local advertisers, and we focused on OTT. So we just got done with that survey, and the, <laughs> there were some eye-opening things in there. Uh, and of course, you read the entire survey, right? I did, you know, and yeah. we've been saying for, I've been saying, okay, I'll take the blame. Uh, OTT is the next big thing. Here it comes. It's really going to grow. And now I'm not so sure about that. It might have hit a wall. Yeah, it, well, it's really interesting what these guys are saying. First of all, do you realize that out of our panel, 54%, we asked, how familiar are you with the term OTT? 54% said, yeah, I'm, I don't know what that is. 54%. <laughs> A lot of education needs to be going on out there. Yeah, yeah. And it's really kind of split. It's, you were talking about effectiveness. That's why I brought it up. Is It's really kind of split about how effective it is. 30% don't know if it's effective or not. These are yeah. these are people who are actually using it. Thirty a third go, yeah, I don't know. Thirty percent said moderately, only twenty-eight percent said very or extreme. What, what also got my attention was there were fewer, I believe, this time around from maybe a couple of years ago that said they had an interest in buying it. So the, the interest is going down and the concern about CPMs going up, right? Yeah, concern about CPMs, the concern about just being affordable. So we asked, what concerns or challenges have you had with OTT advertising? And number one, you can probably guess it, tracking response. By the way, everybody out there, it's always about ROI. It's always about tracking response. And then another 
a good portion was lack of control or our ads appear, but we had a significant increase in people saying, oh, it's too expensive, mm-hmm. which in a way is just a reflection of ROI, right? They, they don't understand that the investment gives them this. I always look at it that way. Yeah. Well, once again, you've proven you're not an ultra crepidarian. Ah, thank you very much. Our last word of the pod, uh, (laughs) and we'll get to our current word of the pod uh, a little bit later. We have some interest. My favorite one was the first one we had, streckeracious. Which is, I believe, how you describe it. Completely usable word. Lean into somebody at a cocktail party and say, well, you are so streckeracious. And they'll go, oh, well, thank you. Go look it up. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, hey, we need to get to the topic at hand, which is what's happening in Canada. That is, Corey, a fascinating story. Yeah. So what is happening in Canada, Gordon? Well, it's just this Bill C-18 Online News Act, which was enacted back in June. And it's got all Canadian news organizations really focused because immediately what happened was, and it's the Canadian government effort to extract money. Maybe that's a negative word to get to companies to reimburse local media from some of the huge amounts of funds they're getting for providing access and information about local news in Canada. So it was enacted in June and the Canadian government said, okay, by December 19th, you're going to need to Facebook and Google reimburse. I think it was 4% of your total revenues from Canada. And you're going to need to reimburse local news sites or news sites throughout Canada. Facebook said, oh, hell no, stick it and yanked all the links. And we saw and media sites there saw an immediate pretty significant decrease in site visitors up Mm -hmm. to 50 percent half of your site visitors monthly site visitors poof gone but not a commensurate decrease in site traffic or page use i think for our listeners out there just to make sure everybody understands there's a fundamental different relationship between the government and news organizations in canada than there are the states correct it's different they're much more uh, around media and that's what you're referring to right Mm-hmm. Um, they're much more, I guess, supportive or they're funding, uh, yeah. they're like the UK, a lot of publicly funded broadcast, uh, entities or media organizations, a lot more collaborative, you know, Canada's roughly about 10% of the United States, a little more sparsely populated. Uh, the Canadian government is out there, you know, trying to make sure communication channels are, are fair and equitable. And so it's, it is a different type of environment sure. and thus leads to the government to, which may not occur in the States. The government to step in and say, hey, on behalf of the news media, we're going to negotiate this. And so it's led to a very interesting situation. And and I think the next shoe to drop is uh, Google. And that's coming they, up in December. That's right. They've got to make a decision. So all eyes are on that. And we'll talk a little bit after the uh, the interview with Jeff Elgie, which is coming up in a moment about, you know, what other news organizations, executives had told us the effect that's, that's happening. But just to to underscore Google's power. If you would like to know about Bill C-18, go ahead, do it right now. Google. Oh, yeah. Google Bill C-18 and you will get Google. You will get you will get Kent Walker, the president of global affairs for Google of a blog post in which the first line is Bill C-18 has become law and remains unworkable. (laughs) So that's probably unwittingly them showing their actual control over news. Then yep, they go I just say, did it. it. It is Google, the very first thing, an update on Canada's Bill C-18. Yeah, according uh, to them. And then the second link should be the Canadian government's yep, take. It is. So just kind of two 
I'm sorry, biased sources, both of them. That, then Google goes on to say, uh, as a result, we have informed the government of Canada what, that we have made the difficult decision that when the law takes effect, we will be removing links to Canadian news sites from Search News and Discover products and will no longer be able to operate Google News Showcase in Canada. Boom, there goes a hell of a lot of traffic to Google News sites and a commensurate decline in advertising and revenue. Gee, I wonder what CEOs of local news organizations think about all of this, Gordon. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> uh, we have an interview with one of them, Jeff Elgie. He is the CEO of a group of about 20 hyper-local sites. And they're different. They operate very differently because they don't have, they're not backed up by a big you know, newspaper or TV station or radio station. You've got quite a few radio stations that have hyper-local news sites but they drive traffic from their existing entity, the radio stations, and newspapers do the same thing. Hyperlocal sites don't. So they're solely dependent on site traffic and certainly search uh, engine and absolutely Facebook advertising. One group of hyperlocal sites told me they lost 50% of their site visitors, Oof! but saw a 12% decline, only a 12% decline in page views. So we'll talk about what that means and why that's very different and then we'll talk with uh, Jeff Elgie. Again, he's the CEO of Village Media up in Canada, right after this. Need a strategic solution for talent retention, scalability, or performance improvement? Have you tried outsourcing, but your tasks disappear into an impersonal black hole? Discover the SEBPO difference today. Your dedicated SEBPO team works solely with your business, so you'll always know the expert behind the optimization. Let SEBPO handle your time-consuming tasks so you can scale, save, and succeed. Learn more about SEBPO by visiting sebpo.com slash Burrell. That's S-E-B-P-O dot com slash B-O-R-R-E-L-L. If you're still using outdated ad tech or relying on gut feel to sell modern day media, it's time for a change. Rate Optics is the revolutionary pricing and sales analytics tool that will transform the way you price inventory and negotiate with clients. With cutting edge AI and data science at its core, Rate Optics serves as your centralized pricing hub and streamlines how rates are managed and accessed across linear, digital, political, and more. Join the dozens of broadcasters that use Rate Optics to make better pricing decisions faster. Contact us at revenueanalytics.com slash Burrell. That's revenueanalytics.com slash Burrell. Okay, I've got with me Jeff LG. I'm really uh, happy to have you on the show, Jeff. Thank you for joining, CEO of Village Media. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Gordon. So, Jeff, let's start out. Tell me a little bit about uh, Village Media for those in the audience who do not know. Sure thing. Well, first of all, we're from Canada. Uh, we'll start there. We are now 10 years old. We are a digital local news publisher focused on hyper-local news in communities ranging from hey, anywhere from 10,000 to about 200,000 people. Uh, we started with one. We're now in 21 communities in Ontario. Separately, we also license the technology that powers our network, uh, which will put us at about 150 sites across Canada by the end of November and a couple dozen sites in the U.S., uh, that, you know, kind of next year as well. 
You know, I have been known to take a dim view of hyper-local sites and community sites only because, God, I've just seen so many failures, Jeff, in the past. You go all the way back to AOL and Microsoft and, and, and Knight Ritter, this big formidable, you know, newspaper company, and they all seem to have just, you know, not really made it. What's your take? What's the, you know, has the model changed, you know, and what's your view of, of the future of these sites? It's funny, just before this interview, I came back from an awards event that our one of our hyperlocals, so our, our home uh, hometown and head office is in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, and it's actually also our flagship site, which is called Sue Today. And Sue Today is the go-to local media in town. This is a community of about 80,000 people. Um, so we hosted a two-hour awards luncheon called the Community Builders Award, where you know, the mayor comes, city councilor comes, the head of the university comes, the head of the college comes, and we celebrate people that make a difference in the city. And it's those moments in time where I realize that this is a real, solid, amazing business that can really strengthen the communities that we serve. Yesterday, coincidentally, uh, we made an announcement in a $150,000 commitment to a new downtown plaza in the city where we will have the naming rights for the stage. Um, you know, these can be real businesses. This this company here, this is our head office. We employ about 50 people in the community. We have a newsroom that is larger than the newsrooms of the daily, the weekly, the radio stations, and the TV stations combined. Talk to me about the financial viability of these hyperlocal sites. What's your view on that? I think we're living evidence that there is absolutely enough money to support the sites. I, now, I don't think it's easy. I don't think um, they, generally speaking, although there are some exceptions, um, can support the kind of margin that a healthy monopoly daily newspaper did in its prime. But there is no question, in my opinion, I mean, this is why we're here today and why we've grown to 21 sites, is that there is a sustainable model for local news. Now, we have a lot of advantages. I mean, I will always say we're born digital. All we do is think about running a digital business. We don't have the the baggage of running a, a print operation in any way, whether that be capital or ongoing expenditure or more importantly, focus. So that's a big win for us. We also have scale. And, you know, I think we were fortunate to have a couple of flagship sites in the early days, which had operating income profit. And we would reinvest that in launching new communities. And we've built a technology platform that we license. And so for all those reasons, we have a significant advantage in terms of launching new communities. But, you know, with that, we have a lot of profitable markets. What's the range of total revenue? What our model says is that we expect revenue is a dollar per person per month in revenue. So if you're in a 100,000 person market, you're $1.2 million of revenue a year and we have a model that prescribes how many journalists and salespeople it takes to support that market. And if a market's kind of fully formed, we think you can, in independence, achieve, again, with the benefit of the scale of the, the overall company, you can achieve a, a margin in the 15 to 20% range. All right, hold now, on. 100,000 times 12 months, you yeah. know, a dollar per user, 1.2 million. Jeff, that is huge compared to what we're seeing in the States for some of these hyper-local sites. What's the secret formula? What's, what is it you're Se doing differently? 
Secret Formula is a comprehensive mix of coverage. So we, we are not believers that you can provide a, a reach-based model, an advertising-focused model based on just selling display ads beside news alone, original journalism alone. So the first part of the secret is comprehensive coverage, you know, service journalism, you know, community information, news you can use beyond deeper coverage. So we're not saying we don't do that, but we do a lot of other things. So if it's February, it's 6 a.m., there's a blizzard outside and the school board tells us the buses aren't running. Guess what? We're telling the community the buses aren't running that day. We talk about weather, transportation, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But we also cover city council, the, the courts, the school boards, the the police, the library, et cetera. So it's a comprehensive mix of content. We cover obituaries. We have webcams. Uh, we have crosswords. Yeah, but, I, yeah, but a lot of newspapers are going to say they do the same <clears> thing. It's So is it comprehensive? Thus, it translates to a larger audience. Thus, it translates to revenue. Is that where you're going? So, yeah. So, step one is that. Step two is active efforts and audience acquisition. So, we have a team that works on building up our audience and our daily readership. And then we have a very comprehensive suite of local focused local products. So small business can come to us, not just for display ads, but sponsored content, market research, video ads, newsletter ads, proprietary products called our community hub and our community leaders program. So there's this whole mix of products that really works for local business that intertwines with that large local audience. All right, let's jump to something I'm itching to get to, and that's Bill C-18, the Online News Act in in Canada. You know, I think everybody's going, oh, my God, you know, Google and and, and Facebook, Facebook certainly, Google potentially and likely, I guess, uh, is, you know, pulling the links for news sites, thus traffic is going down. And we talked to quite a few people, and, and they're saying, yeah, traffic has gone down. But what they're also saying, if you talk to the classic news people or newspaper people, right, is that, well, online-only sites are hurt more because we have a daily product out there can just promote our, you know, our links. So uh, have you seen at Village Media a decline in traffic since this took effect, I guess, you know, early part of summer? Yeah. So there's lots to unpack in your statement. So for sure, we have seen a decline in traffic. Before we went into... Can you tell us how much? Is it half? Yeah. Is it a third Uh, or what? Oh, no, no, no. So... When we got in, so first of all, just so, so everyone is clear, Google has not pulled out of Canada yet. Uh, Facebook, and so Meta, meaning Facebook and Instagram, have fully pulled out of Canada. So you cannot share anything. You cannot share, like even an individual user cannot share a link to our sites. We cannot share to our own audiences, et cetera. So Facebook traffic went from you know 100% to 0% pretty much overnight. So for us in Village Media's own and operated properties, that, that equaled about 17% of our traffic. Now... As you would suspect, some amount of that traffic will reroute, right? So people, will, the audience will know, oh, I'm not seeing, you know, this site in my feed anymore. I'm therefore going to go there a little bit more often. So we do see some uh, demonstration of that for sure, especially from our avid news readers. People is, that that, a good, that, is that a good thing? I think it's a fine thing. I mean, for that subset of users, it's, it's sure, fine. I mean, obviously, the best users are for us are ones that bookmark us, that you know, make us their homepage that put us on their mobile home screens to subscribe to our newsletters where we can be the direct intermediary of our own audience. That's the best. So of course, anytime that subset of users changes their behavior to come to us more often, which again, we do see that, that is great. Here's the bad part. And I think this is not bad for village media for any particular publisher. It's bad for society is that these days, 
people aren't engaged in news as much as they used to be. People care less and less. They turn out to voting less and less. And I think what Facebook in particular provided, because that's really was the, the the key social platform for us and for most local news sites is Facebook it wasn't Instagram or Twitter or TikTok or, or, or whatnot. The value there was that passive news consumer, right? Someone who said, okay, well, I'm kind of interested in what's going on, but I'm not going to go to a site every day. I'm not going to get their newsletter every day. I don't want push notifications. But by the way, having this passive peripheral view of news in my feed is important to me. Those people are gone. And, and I think it, it's bad for society, it's bad for democracy to have that. So for us, yeah, sure, we're going to lose. Of, so we lost, if, if 17% of our traffic was Facebook, maybe we've lost 10%. You said, you said 17? 17%. 17, 17, okay. one seven. Right. Uh, because so we had kind of anticipated this could happen. So for two years now, we've been weaning ourselves off of Facebook traffic. And Facebook traffic has been gradually in decline anyways across the board. So for us, it's not as bad as for others who might be upwards of 50%. All right. Talk um, about the second, the uh, the next shoe to drop, Google. Is that going to happen in your opinion? <laughs> and when it does, what happens? So Facebook, 17%. Google, if you combine organic search, discover, uh, Google News, et cetera, is about 33% of our traffic. So you take the two together, that's 50%. My view is if Google actually were to abandon news, it would pretty much devastate the bulk of the publishing ecosystem in the entire country from a digital perspective, right? So, and I don't care if you're a, a, a new digital startup or you're a, a, a newspaper with a digital presence, no one survives a 50% traffic loss long So what are the chances of that happening? Well, it's not unreasonable. You know, if you look at the government stating for the record, I am not a fan and never have been a fan of this bill. I think it's terrible. I think the premise of the bill is terrible. I think the government has approached this whole problem in a terrible, incompetent way. So nothing would surprise me at this point. Google has put forward a very thoughtful kind of reaction to this, the, the current regulations that are in front of them. And it's up to the government to, to come back to the table and solve it. Um, but I, I would put it at 50-50. I mean, so you have connections at Google. What are they telling you? Is this going to happen? Is it out of their hands well, or what? You may, I, I, there's only so much I know. Um, I mean, I think Google has a much more sincere appreciation for news um, than Meta. And that's not to, that's meant as a slight against Meta. That's a different kind of business. And actually, to be fair, the bill captures Meta in an even more unfair way. Um, but Google has always been very sincerely supportive of the news business, of journalism. Um, and I, I think the last thing they want is to get out of news anywhere. But uh, they have a business to run as well. So I don't know. I mean, it's really, it's this is a critical moment in time between now and early December when the actual uh, law comes into effect where, you know, Google has to be satisfied that the regulations and in, in, in the Online News Act is manageable for them to be able to survive and, and thrive in the future. All right. Here's, yeah. here's what I heard. 50-50 chance. I would give it a 70-30 chance of happening. Um, mm-hmm. eh, but that's just me. Um, maybe a little more skeptical. And I also heard the word devastating. So tell me, Jeff, <laughs> what is your opinion of this spreading to the states? Well, listen, I mean, if you believe what Meta is saying, or, and, and even what I think to some extent third-party research has supported is that, you know, they pull out a news and really engagement on platform hasn't declined in any material way. And in theory, 
positive sentiment is in, like sentiment is increased in a positive way because people are more exposed to happy things than than necessarily news. So, you know, this is really setting Meta up to pull elsewhere if there's any kind of threat of legislation for sure. I would not surprise me one bit. In fact, I, I've certainly seen the reports that the, even their current organic performance has deteriorated severely over the last number of months. So it's it's clear to me that they're setting themselves to get up uh, up to get out of news. Everywhere. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a tough question. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know whether you want to answer this. So is this a uh, if if Google pulls out by the end of the year, or whenever is this a survivable event for Village Media? Uh, I, so, you know. We have no debt. We have a strong operating profit model. We have anticipated these concerns for a while, which is why we paused our growth back in May of this year. So we are building up a war chest to be what I would suspect the last group standing. And I say that because if Google were to pull for years, we would not survive it in the way we are today. We would have to cut back some of our newer markets. We would have to lean it out. Could we survive? Yes. Would we thrive? Absolutely not. I mean, it's a question now as to whether we can thrive in in the sense of launching new markets and expanding, adding staff. We're 150 staff now in absence of meta even. So if Google were to pull, it becomes survival mode. And and I think it it would be devastating to the industry. Now, the other part of this is if Google polls and Meta's polled, then to be honest with you, the online news act is completely useless. It doesn't capture any other company. So all this does is co- cause devastating damage to the industry in Canada for zero benefit. And then it might have to be scrapped, which actually would be a happy moment for me. So so, so if there's <laughs> if there's a moment in time where Google does pull, and, and I, I really, some, some days I hope they pull because it will force the government to scrap this act and start over again. All right, Jeff, I'm going to ask you an off-the-wall question. Yeah, I hear the frustration in your voice. I can feel it, you know, losing 50% of your traffic or, you know, certainly a large portion of it, maybe a portion of, of the 50%. It's got to be pretty frustrating. Who would you like to punch in the face? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an aggressive question. I, you know, I'm not a violent come person. On, come on, there's got to be somebody. I, let's there's say some who I am prime I, minister. My, there's who am some... I maddest at? Can we say that? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, who am I angriest at? It's our government. I, I'm not angry at the response from Google and Meta in this world. I'm frustrated with some of the behavior of our industry association, which is News Media Canada, although they are coming around. The group I am most upset with is our government. Uh, they have been absolutely, um, it, 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 and I, I think it's willingly, purposefully oblivious to to the new ecosystem of digital publishers in this country. You know, we cannot get a, mini, a meeting with the Minister of Heritage right now who's in control of this. I have asked five times over the last month and a half or so for meetings, which are continuously promised and never delivered upon. It's almost like they don't want to hear a narrative that's contrary to what theirs is. It, it's not almost like it. It is like it. I have spoken in front of the Senate. We have tried to talk to members of parliament. We have tried to get not only our voice, but many, many of us across the country heard. And it's that they just don't want to hear it. They are, are set in their ways, stubborn. And, and my feeling is this whole Online News Act is going to cause way more catastrophe than is already there before. Okay, I'll give you your pick, one of two. Who would you like to punch in the face, Greg Fergus or Justin Trudeau? I'm just kidding. I'm not going to make you pick. 
Anyway, <laughs> Jeff, thanks for being on the show. Very insightful. I appreciate your comments. Thanks for having me, Gordon. Appreciate it. Wow, Gordon. Jeez, oh Pete. You came off as a little a little a little cranky, a little uh, a little bitey in that interview. I I, I kind of feel bad for the guy. Why? You were you were very challenging. You were very. I mean, you were putting him on the spot. Speaks uh, to my superior interviewing skills. Well, that and you you did you, you you'd did probably insinuate. glad hand them and just agree with everything. <laughs> no, well, I certainly wouldn't insinuate assaulting a prime minister. I wouldn't do that. Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> okay. No, I didn't think I came off that way. But let's talk about the contents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the content. Let's talk about what he's doing and how he feels. Right, he, he kind of surprised me. His take on on the entire thing that he is, you know, not. I don't want to say anti-government, but he does not like what's going on. Yeah, and I think it might be uh, he might be the strongest of opinions in in that regard. And it's because there's a lot at stake, of course, at these hyper local sites. And there's many of them not affiliated again with a, a particular newspaper, or radio station, et cetera. And that is a lot of the traffic there for a lot of the livelihood, you know, depends. He said it would have a devastating uh, effect. You know, what 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 else? You know, did he say it was something like, you know, they're going to have to rethink their their business strategy you know, or, or something like that mm-hmm. because they do depend on quite a bit of traffic. thus a lot of revenue that supports those sites. Yeah. Yeah. He did mention Facebook took away 17 percent of his traffic. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. so Google could you know take a third or more. I think the result is what we're finding is somewhere between, you know, 12 and 20 percent of page views are gone because of what Facebook did. And a lot of news sites, you know, newspaper, serious news organizations don't rely that much on Facebook. It's it's Google that really drives an awful lot of traffic. That's why this other shoe, you know, dropping is got everybody sort of riveted on, okay, what's going to happen next? Is there going to be any negotiations? Will we ever get to see some of this money? 4% of you know, Google and Facebook's total revenue in Canada probably is $300, $350 million, maybe, you know, maybe $200 million, some, somewhere in that. And then, you know, so that money would get spread among news organizations, some of which would go, you know, to the publicly held government-owned entities. So do you think his opinion is, do you have a sense that his opinion is ubiquitous? Every all local news people think this way or are there different opinions? No, interestingly enough, um, you know, they they see, I don't want to say Jeff in particular, but the hyperlocal sites is inferior, you know, to what we do at our great, you know, sanctioned, you know, long branded century old brand you know, websites, right? So they see his entities and the hyperlocal entities as something, you know, different. And, and they are to, to a great extent. And their view is, huh, we'll do okay. Uh, you know, we did see a little bit of a drop, but, you know, people are coming. So this is the interesting thing. We talked to a radio group that has a, a large amount of hyperlocal sites and on their own. And they're news sites, and they're not exactly affiliated with the radio stations, but they use the radio stations to drive traffic. Right. Okay. And they saw a 50% decline in site visitors. <gasps> it's huge, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 12% decline in pages. So their theory, and I think they're right, and I heard this from some of the other managers of big newspaper organizations in Canada, is that, well, the individual, here, I'll click this link, 
you know, which which expands to maybe a headline and maybe even a picture that somebody posted, say, in Facebook. I'll click that link and I'll go over to the site and I'll read that story and I'll leave. But what they're finding is that people still go to those sites. They're going, hey, I wonder what's going on. And they spend more time on the site. So they still have, you know, it's not visiting again and again and again and again during the month. It's visiting here and then maybe a couple of days later here. And you stay on the site more and you read more. So the page views have not declined. That could be a decent finding uh, that, well, the impact won't be that big. Yeah, or it's uh, it's about the quality of the page view, the time spent, like you said, uh, that that could happen. Do you see this? Is this going to flow down? I mean, that's the big question. Is this going to happen in the U.S.? I think so. It, it remains to be seen, but I do think so. I think the it won't happen the same way. But what will happen is that imagine this: if if Google caves mm-hmm. and says, "Sure, you know, here's here's money and some other concessions. You know, we'll bring you into the fold. We'll teach you more about algorithms oh, and yeah. products and things like that. It helps you drive traffic." And I think that might be the end result. My guess is that the December. 19th deadline will come. Google will yank all the links. There will be mayhem. That's a negotiating stance. You know, it's a it's a it's a missile <laughs> shot yeah. over the country, right? Um, and and so they'll establish their position, and then with good faith, you know, they'll come and and try to negotiate. You know, one of the things Google, mm. you know, has you need to understand is that they're probably the largest supporter, you know, globally of journalism. They they claim to be, and I think they are, one of the largest financial supporters of journalism in the world. All the things that they do, if you look at the mass, they they send 3.6 billion, this is their number, but I believe it, uh, visits to Canadian news sites in a year. 3.6 billion. If you do the math, let's say there's 10,000 news sites in Canada, that's an average of 20,000 site visits a month. That's pretty significant. So I think they're going to establish their authority and they're going to say, look, you know, we really do want to help you. What can we do? What kind of things can we do? If they cough up money, which remains to be seen, right? I think the folks in the States will say, blood in the water. Okay, yeah. let's go yeah. get some money out of Google. This is very similar to Perry Sook, the CEO of Nexstar, negotiating, you know, take a huge risk and having some of his stations cut off to negotiate retrans fees with the cable companies. You know, and it still occurs from time to time. But now look at the billions and billions of dollars that the TV industry is getting from the same type of thing. Content that is being distributed by somebody else who's making money off of it from, you know, subscription fees in the cable company's case. So they'll look at that and they'll go, hey, yeah, something needs to be done here. Will the government step in, U.S. government? Mm, I don't know if I see that happening. But I do think some of the very large uh, providers, companies, maybe the CEOs of Gannett, iHeart, Nextstar, a few of the others, yeah, we want some of that Google money. That's, yeah, I think- that's highly possible. Yeah, and, and the the Cirque example is a, an, an interesting one. the The challenge is though this is a this is the universe. Uh, he was taking on the solar system or the galaxy. Maybe this is the universe because of, of, of the closed system of, of cable, right? I mean, that's that's a little bit more closed off the entirety of the internet. Meaning that if I was a <laughs> if I was a person and wanted to look for news. Despite Google turning off news organizations, I could still find what I think would be news. Now, it probably isn't news and our society goes into chaos, but it's still out there. How about this? 
would Google miss news organizations? No. Yeah, that's my that's my concern. So you have Facebook, which doesn't doesn't appear to care, really. Right. Um, and Google, which doesn't have to care. But I right. think they have shown, you know, that they have supported through the Google News Initiative. Even though they've had some layoffs and there's some things that are occurring. Sure. And there's a whole lot of legal issues swirling around it. I don't think we could even fathom. But I do think that if you look at uh, Paul Deegan, who's the president and CEO of News Media Canada, which is their news association, his comment, we had a, a long discussion yesterday and a, and a brief email exchange where he, I asked him to write out what his comment was. And he was discussing Google's submission, which laid out their concerns and basically said the Canadian government is operating under a fundamentally flawed premise. Um, he said Google's submission is welcome, clear, constructive, and a good faith articulation of legitimate concerns. Huh. Uh, and he says, we're ready to sit down and work through the detail of these issues before the regulations, December 19th, are finalized. So there is an effort in the news media organization to not be as, you know, pissed off, not be in so, so much of a pother. There you go. Word of the pod. <laughs> Potter, P-O-T-H-E-R. Look it up. P as in uh, Paul. Paul. There you go. Potter. Okay. So they're not in so much of a pother. I hope people are looking these up. This is a significant education. I hope they're not thinking we're too stercoracious. S-T-E-R-C-O-R-A-C-E-O-U-S. So he's saying we're ready to sit down and work through the detail. So I, you know, I think that that could happen. That also would set a very good precedent to some effect in the States. But I also think that Google might and I think is likely to play its hands and we're likely to see a, a huge drop. Google demonstrating its power in site traffic in Canada. And then it comes to the States. That's what I think. And I don't think it's an entirely a bad thing. And I don't think you're being too much of an ultra carpidarian either about this. So that's what's important. Thank you. Another great podcast, Corey. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, everybody. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Local Marketing Trends Podcast, sponsored by Sebpo and by Rate Optics. If you like our podcast, please patronize our sponsors. If you have submissions or ideas for future shows, or if you'd like to be a guest, email the hosts at podcast at borellassociates.com. Thanks for listening. If you like our show, give us a thumbs up or a like on your favorite podcast platform or on LinkedIn.